We are on the very bottom of Gimel Amabez 3b, moving on to Dalad Omer Aleph 4a. And the Gemara is now going to give an alternative explanation for this concept of an ones, of a situation which is uh, not in a person's control, and therefore uh, a couple gets married on Monday when they should really be getting married on Wednesday. Again, uh, the best day to get married would be Wednesday or when, on Wednesday itself. Um, and there are certain situations where we move it back to either Tuesday or to Monday. And so the Gemara now is going to give an alternative explanation. Another situation where we say that you should get married on Monday based on something which happens, which occurs, that, that basically forces us to move the wedding back to Monday. So the Gemara says, what does it mean, ones, that it's uh, not in their control? What's what's that situation? Kedetanya, as we are taught in the Bryson. So this is now a totally new case. Everything is ready for the wedding, for the big day. The bread is baked, uh, the meat is prepared, the wine is ready, everything is ready. And unfortunately, and then the father of the groom or the uh, mother of the bride, they die, unfortunately, right before, let's say they're supposed to have the wedding on uh, on a Wednesday, they die on Monday, when everything is already prepared and everything is ready. Why specifically the father of the groom and the mother of the bride? Uh, we will see that it's because they are really the ones who are most involved, uh, most involved in whether it's the father uh, being involved in the preparations for the wedding or whether it's the mother who's involved in getting her daughter ready for the for the wedding and all prepared uh, for the wedding. Uh, so it's specifically them. I, I believe uh, modern day post-skim uh, halachic deciders say that today you could potentially have a parallel scenario where if you book a wedding hall, and everything is ready, but uh, then one of the parents passed away, got tragically uh, a, f- a few days before. So then it could be any of the parents, because today it would impact, it would have that kind of an impact from any of the parents. But the point is here that one of the parents passed away a few days before the wedding date. So what do you do? So we'll just we'll first read the Gemara, and then we'll try to give a little bit of an explanation. We hold off, we don't do the funeral right away. Even though in general, in Jewish law, we say that uh, there's, uh, we really believe that you should do the funeral as quickly as possible. It's covered amaze. It's an honor to the deceased that uh, we we bury them right away. But here there's a bit of a delay. There's a bit of a delay for the, for the funeral. Why? Because we prioritize the couple getting married. We want them to get married right away. And so therefore, in our case, uh, somebody passes away, one of the parents passes away on Monday. The wedding's supposed to be on Wednesday. We say, you know what? Everything's ready. Let's get married right away. We want to make sure that they get married right away. Otherwise, it will be a significant loss. Um, number one, it will be a significant loss uh, to uh, to everything that's already been prepared. Um, and we want to make sure that they get, they get married. It continues the Gemara of Bilas Mitzvah. Not only do they get married, uh, we'll explain why in a minute, but they also have to have, uh, for the first time, this is again, this is the second stage of marriage where they 
are now under the live under the same roof. What the chuppah represents that they're all under the same roof, uh, or it could be that they're secluded. Different explanations of what this how to how to create the second stage of marriage. But then the Gemara says that they also have to have sexual relations. They have to have bia, and then after that and then after that they then have sheva brachos. There's a concept of sheva brachos of a week of um, of celebration after the wedding, and so they're allowed to have the sheva brachos. They have the sheva brachos. Sorry, even before the sheva brachos, they they then bury after uh, before the sheva brachos before that week, but after they have sexual relations, so then. They bury the mace, the deceased. Then they have Shavar Brachos. And then after Shavar Brachos, Then only after the Shavar Brachos do they then have, they sit Shiva. They have sit for seven days, sitting Shiva, mourning for uh, their parent. Uh, so it's a very, very uh, difficult situation where, you know, they're both happy and very sad at the, at the same time. Uh, they're happy about their marriage and they're sad about the loss of their uh, parent. Uh, and so the, there's a big question of why do we pri- what should we prioritize? What do we do first? Uh, and so here we prioritize the Sheva Brachos. We want them to have Sheva Brachos first. And then, only then after, thereafter, do they have uh, Shiva? Do they sit Shiva? Do they sit in mourning for the seven days? The Cholos and Ayamim, we'll get to this probably more in the next recording, but during all these days, Essentially, during all these days, <coughs> during all 14 days, whether it's the Shavah Brachos or whether it's uh, sitting Shiva, for all 14 days, uh, they are not allowed to have any sexual relations. Um, they're allowed to have it the first time before the actual funeral, but afterwards they're not allowed to. And as such, because they were just married, uh, we'll see, uh, the Gemara will have a, a lengthy discussion about this, but uh, because um, they're in this situation where they're not allowed to have sexual relations, that not only they're not allowed to have sexual relations, but there's actually a prohibition for them to be living together out of concern that they might uh, engage in sexual relations. Um, and, and we'll discuss we'll discuss all of this in greater detail as we continue on in the Gemara. But let's just uh, complete this part. Even though uh, she's in mourning, the kala, the bride, uh, we we tell her that she's allowed to keep on all of her tachshitin, all of her jewelry, uh, because we want to make sure this is a complicated situation where even though in general she shouldn't be wearing it during days of mourning, but now it's uh, it's a combination of days of mourning, but it's also days of happiness because they just got married. So we say for the first for the thirty days after the marriage, she's allowed to keep on her jewelry. And the Gemara says, So as, as we pointed out before, it's only if it's the father of the groom and the mother of the bride, because that those were the ones who were really involved in these specific details of the wedding, whether it's the preparation for the meal of the wedding or pre- preparation for uh, the clothing and the jewelry and the makeup and everything that else has to be prepared. So... It would only be if we would only do this if it was the father of the um, of the groom or the mother of the bride. Okay, so let's take a moment to stop and to 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 discuss a little bit of what's going on here. So 
We know that there's a concept of Shiva, and we also know that there's a concept of Sheva Brachos. Now, Sheva Brachos, the concept of Sheva Brachos is the celebration. They're both a week long. They're basically opposites. One's a celebration, one's a mourning. Uh, but the Sheva Brachos is probably, most probably rabbinic in nature. When it comes to the laws of mourning and Shiva, that is a, a big discussion. It's not simple. There are certain opinions that say that the entire seven days, uh, I don't know about every single custom, but uh, the general concept of being in mourning, how that plays out might not be biblical, how that plays out might be rabbinic, uh, but the general concept of being in mourning for seven days may be biblical, according to some. According to many, it's rabbinic. And also, according to others, it's only the first day would be a biblical uh, law, and the other days would be rabbinic. Okay, and so basically what happens here is that uh, one of the parents pass away, so what do you do? What do we prioritize? We prioritize them getting married. Why do we prioritize them getting married? Because we don't want there to be a significant loss. Otherwise, uh, holding off on the wedding and, and postponing it uh, to a later date would co- create a significant loss. And so we basically hold off on the burial. Why do we hold off on the burial? Because if you buried first, apparently, if you did the burial first, so then it seems like we wouldn't be able to have the wedding. We wouldn't be able to have the wedding. You can't get married during Shiva. It seems as though if they had the burial first, then Shiva would kick in right away. The only reason why Shiva, the seven days of mourning, do not kick in right away is because we first have the wedding. Now that we have the wedding meaning the second stage of marriage, which is uh, a chuppah, uh, as we pointed out before, some, some way of showing how they're, they're living under the same roof. So it's not, it's not even enough for them to do that. <coughs> even though that alone would be sufficient, they don't have to have sexual relations in order to have that second stage of marriage. But, at least this is the way that some explain it, in order for them to then have sheva brachos and, and p- sort of push off the seven days of mourning, the shiva, so then they have to have bi'ilas mitzvah, they have to have sexual relations, uh, specifically in this case, uh, perhaps because otherwise the shiva might override the sheva brachos. But now that there's this added element of simcha, of, of uh, rejoicing, of being together of, uh, for, the, for the very first time, uh, so then that will then tell us that sheva brachos, uh, the seven days of celebration, sort of pushes aside the shiva, and then you, they would have Shiva seven days later. Those are the, the basic elements of what exactly is happening here. Again, it's a difficult, very difficult scenario. Uh, just that there are other situations which the Gemara isn't discussing here necessarily, but uh, it does come up. This case, unfortunately, also comes up. But uh, more often, not but more often, but uh, the other situation that comes up is where a parent is uh, sitting Shiva uh, for their parent and their child is getting married. Um, and uh, there's a discussion there as well. Are they allowed to go to the wedding? Should they not go to the wedding? How long could they go to the wedding for? Moshe Feinstein says that they should go to the wedding and they could be part of the wedding and even dance at the wedding um, because they're so necessary for the simcha, for the rejoicing that takes place at the wedding itself. Uh, but these are all difficult scenarios of of conflicting values that we have. On the one hand, that we want to celebrate uh, the wedding, but on the other hand, we also want to remember and give respect to the parent who has passed away. So uh, 
these are all big questions about what we what we should prioritize and how should should we really balance uh, these different scenarios. The Gemara now continues and discusses well. We're really doing this. The reason why we prioritize the wedding is because of the loss that's involved. And so we'll see that, well, it really depends on how far in in the preparations they are to know whether or not they should go ahead with the wedding, sort of quickly do the wedding, or whether they should delay the wedding, first have Shiva, and only later have the wedding. So Amr Rafam Bar Papa, Rafam Bar Papa Amr of Chisla, he says, Lo shanu basar. basar mizdabin. He says that this only applies if uh, they already were up to the point where they put water on the meat. But if they didn't put water on the meat, so then they could sell it. You have, it's not going to be cause a loss because you could sell the meat. That's what Rav Chista says. So Rava says, I'm Rava, Rava says that if you're in the actual city where there's a heavy, dense population of people who would be buyers for this meat, even if you put water on the meat, you can still find the sell, you can still find the buyer. And then Amar Papa Bikfar Papa says that in the village, even if you didn't put water on the meat, there are no, you won't be able to find a buyer as easily. And then even if you didn't put water on the meat, you could you could still have the wedding right away. Because there are no buyers. So the question is, what was Rufchista talking about? Where he said that it really depends on whether or not you put water on the meat, because it sounds like in the city itself. You'll find the buyer regardless. In the village, you won't find a buyer regardless, whether you put water on the meat or not. So what's the case for Rav Chista? What's a case where it really depends on whether or not how far in the stages of preparation you are will impact whether or not we have the wedding right away. It's only if you actually pour water on the meat. So Amr Vashi could go in Mikfar. You have certain cities where they are bigger than villages, but they're smaller than actual cities. And so therefore, in such a scenario, it really depends on whether or not you put water on the meat. At the end of the day, the point is, is that it really depends on whether or not you can find a buyer. If you can find a buyer, so then, fine, you could, you, uh, you could, uh, it's not a significant loss. Uh, so for today, let's say practically today, where we have wedding halls and you book wedding halls in advance, uh, and, uh, if something happens tragically uh, a day or two before the wedding, it's going to be very difficult to get your money back. From every, all the preparations that were involved would be very, very difficult. So that's viewed as a significant loss. That itself would be a significant loss. Perhaps you'd even be able to get married on the wedding day itself and uh, perhaps delay the kvura, delay the burial. All these are very big discussions, uh, which we don't have, unfortunately, we don't have time for. Uh, exactly how you deal with those different scenarios. Let's say the, the parent passes away on Thursday and the wedding is Saturday night, right after Shabbos. Uh, so are you allowed to hold off on the burial till Sunday? So all these are, are very important discussions. The Gemara says that we have a b'risa in support of Rav Chista. We have a b'risa that supports Rav Chista. Essentially, Rav Chista said that it really depends how far in, whether they poured water onto the meat. So the b'risa says as follows. It's very similar b'risa. Um, b'risa, again, it's from the same time as the Mishnah, but it wasn't written in the Mishnah. It was written as notes to complement the Mishnah. So the same scenario. Everything's prepared. The 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 bread is baked and the, the meat is ready and the wine is ready. And But here it says, this is why it's in support of Rav Chista, they poured water onto the meat. That's what Rav Chista was saying. That's why we're bringing this down. But the same lines, 
and one of the parents passed away. We delay the burial. They get married. They have sexual relations. And then they have first Shavah Brachos. They have Shavah Brachos first, where they have the seven days of celebration of the wedding afterwards. And then they have, then they sit Shiva. Or the child, the child sits Shiva for the next seven days. During all 14 days, which is what we'll discuss in the next recording, during all 14 days, they are not allowed to have sexual relations at all. But not only that, they're also not allowed to uh, have Yichud. They cannot live in the same house together because there's a prohibition to have sexual relations. Not only that, but also in a scenario where one's wife is in Nida, she had her period, and as such, the couple cannot have sexual relations. The Gemara now says, the Gemara will qualify this, what's the case that we're talking about? The Gemara says, Not only are they not allowed to have sexual relations, but there's also a prohibition for them to be in the same room together. They can't be in the same house together. They have to have uh, separate places to live in. We'll see exactly what the case is that they're talking about. <coughs> but that, that's, uh, that's what it first says. And during this time period of seven days of, right after the wedding, seven days of Sheva Brachos, and then seven days of sitting Shiva, for 30 days, the Kala, the bride, is allowed to wear her jewelry, even though she's in a state of mourning. And in general, we don't allow that. But because of this situation, we do allow it because they just got married. And then the Gemara concludes this price and says, This last line is really connected to, is really not related, uh, but we'll be discussing in depth on Daf Hey, on page, uh, on, the, on the next Daf, on the next page. But it says that either way, they should not have sexual relations on Friday night or on Saturday night, the first time, for the very first time. Shouldn't be on Friday night and shouldn't be on Saturday night. Why? We'll get to. Uh, it's a big discussion. Why not? We'll get to uh, much later uh, in the next stop on the next page. Either way, that concludes the brisa, the gemara. We'll discuss uh, the next part of the gemara in the next recording. But just as a little bit of an introduction, the gemara will discuss uh, basically why is it that the, number one, why is it that they can't have sexual relations during these fourteen days? Uh, of Shavu Brachos and mourning, so um, that the Gemara doesn't discuss, but we'll explain it right now. Um, during Shiva, it's not allowed. That's a prohibition. When they're during the state of mourning, you're not allowed to have sexual relations. Why can't they have it during the Shavu Brachos, during the seven days of celebration? Because even during that time, again, it's a complicated situation of, of conflicting values. But even during that time of celebration, they should still have certain laws of mourning that they're practicing, at least in private. In private, they should have certain laws that they're practicing. And so therefore, for all 14 days, during the first seven days, and then again, uh, during the next seven days, which are the actual days of mourning, they're not allowed to have sexual relations. Now, why can't uh, they be living in the same house? So that, that's what the Gemara will be discussing in the next recording. Uh, there are different scenarios where we were concerned that they would engage in sexual relations if they lived in the same home. Uh, specifically, as we will see, if it's the beginning of the marriage, um, so we'll see all the all the that that is really the next discussion, which we'll find in the next recording. So we are now concluding this on the bottom of Dalad Amalav Four A by the Amar Mar, and we will continue in the next recording.